I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be when away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried ship a Well, once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time, Brother Munn speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call. By the grace of God, having this opportunity to be with you uh, this time, morning, noon, and night, wherever you're listening, thank the Lord that you're there. The book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 18. I'm going to read verse 20, and let's see. At this time, let's talk. Let's use this subject. Let's talk about meeting with God, meeting with God. I'll be honest with you, it's basically beyond my comprehension. Now that I've been studying the Word of God, now that I'm saved, uh, born-again Christian, a Bible believer, uh, I'll be honest with you, it's beyond my comprehension as to why God would ever want to meet with mankind. As we read the Bible, we see God in all his holiness. And then, as far as man, the best of men, in fact, one of the best men, in fact, one of the most holiest men that we find in the New Testament. His name is the Apostle Paul. He said he was the chief of sinners. So why would God want to meet with sinners? And of course, I understand that uh, in this is manifest the love of God, how that God loves his creation. Meeting with God. The book of Matthew chapter 18, I read verse 20. It says this, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Oh, what a verse. You know, isn't that a good promise? For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now, I know I read in the Bible and reading the Old Testament. Uh, yes, I read that God met with people individually. We think about it in like Genesis chapter 1 and, and uh, well, Genesis chapter 2 and 3, God met with Adam. Genesis chapter 6, God met with Noah. Uh, by the way, told him to build a boat. Uh, Genesis chapter 12, God met with Abraham. He told him to get out of his country from his kindred into a land that he would show him. Confirm this with Jacob in chapter 28, God met with him in a dream. In the book of Exodus chapter 3, God met with Moses. Do you remember how he met with him first? Yeah, that burning bush. God met with Gideon. Remember he told Gideon, thou mighty man of valor. He met with Samuel and David and Solomon, the prophets, you know. Could he not meet with us today? Now, I understand we have a change. We think about studying some things in the area of dispensational truth, and I am a dispensationalist, and uh, I believe there's an Old Testament, and I believe there's a New Testament. In the Old Testament, yet God did meet with his people face to face. Yes, uh, with men face to face. We think about the angel of the Lord. Now, I know today our walk is different. I wish I could literally see. I wish I could have uh, someone walk with me as the angel of the Lord walked with those in the Old Testament. What do I have today? I have something better. I have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I have Christ in me 
the hope of glory. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit. When God saved me, God filled me with his spirit. I now have the presence of God in my life. God can walk with me every day, and I want that walk. And here's a promise here, even before the death of Christ, before we even have the church uh, coming into being here. And he said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst thereof. You get two or three people together. Ah. Uh, and they gathered in his name. Oh, he said, I'll be in the midst. Maybe these are gathering for, for the study of the word of God. Maybe these are gathering for a time of prayer. But he said this, I will be uh, there. Am I in the midst of them? So let's see if we can sort of take the verse apart just a little bit. He says, for where? All right, now that's a location. Where? Is God omnipresent? Well, of course. For where? As far as a location is concerned, uh, could God meet with people in America? Yeah. Maybe there's churches in Eastern, Western Europe? Yes. In Asia? Yes. Africa? Yes. Maybe in the islands of the Caribbean? Oh, got some precious friends down in the Caribbean area. Uh, the islands of the uh, we think about the South Pacific, Micronesia, Melanesia. Why, of course, all right? As far as our Lord is concerned, it's just where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'll be in the midst thereof. Now, we go just a little further. It says, for where? That's a location. For where two or three. Now, why do you think that he put those two numbers there? I'll be honest with you, I don't know, but I'm I'm glad it doesn't take what I believe the uh, in Judaism that cannot, as far as a congregation is concerned, there could be no less than ten. But here two are three. Two are three. We think about this would be a number. This is actually two or three numbers in the Bible. I believe, actually, we say some numbers are actually divine. We think about the number three is the divine number for God. We think about the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's three. He made man in his own image, All right, body, soul, and spirit. See, that's three. We think about the number two. That's a number of union. That says two are three, the number of union, Christ and the church. We think about the husband and the wife. Now, never husband, husband, or wife, wife. The Bible talks about the husband and the wife. It talks about the two natures, the flesh and the spirit, one, two. It talks about death and life, too. And here he says, where two or three are gathered together. Numbers are not the judge of success, but God is interested in numbers. Never a time we should take and uh, 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 not understand that, that God will not meet with his people. I like this part here. Where two or three are gathered, that's a gathering, all right? We think about What's the what's the definition of a church? What is what is church? And we think about as we talk about a local church in an area. What is a church? That's a gathering of people. See, it says where two or three are gathered. You know, isn't it good that God can gather people together? Now that's what a true church is. Oh, let me say some things in that. Let me not be confused here. I'll be honest with you. I believe with all my heart, the thing that would separate the Fisherman Baptist Church here in the port of Bon Secours, Alabama, is because this church is not the combined efforts of men 
to pull people together. It has to do with the drawing of God. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not to put some time down in shoe leather and be out talking with people about Christ, but it is God that draws people to himself, draws people to an area where people study the word, draws people together as far as we think about uh, prayer. It is God. How does God draw people? What is it, John chapter 12, verse 32? Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So what should be the drawing power of the church? All lifting up Christ. You know what's the drawing power in most churches today? It would be, it would be music. And sometimes this music is actually called worship music, which is actually music of the world that uh, some... <laughs> Uh, some Bible words are used in this, brought into the church, and uh, evidently it's used as as worship. But my friend, uh, we think about the drawing. Worship is not to lead the church. Doctrine is to lead the church. See, if you're going to worship God, uh, yes, it takes that spirit, but you do so in truth, in truth. True worship will not attract the lost. And yet, some will say something like this. We have these type of services and all these people come. Oh, you get God in the presence <laughs> in an assembly. And people who are unsaved, they want nothing to do with that whatsoever. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So, I'll say this. As far as this drawing is concerned, isn't it good that God still draws people unto himself. And the way he does this is by lifting up Jesus Christ, preaching the gospel. It says where two or three are gathered together. And oh, now that's a hard one there. Where two or three are gathered together, what is that? That's unity. All right, for where? That's a place. For where two or three, that's a number. Two or three are gathered, that's a drawing. Two or three are gathered together, that, that's unity. What is it? Uh, uh, the old prophet of old Amos chapter 3, verse, verse 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? When we think about church. We, we, we look at this sometimes all wrong. There's no way that you're going to get people in a local congregation or even two or three together on individual things. Like maybe someone said, well, I don't like the color of your shoe. We're never going to get together in unity about the shoes we wear, or maybe even the clothes we wear, my friend, or even the kind of vehicle we drive, you know. I'm driving right now a Toyota Corolla. I drive that because it gets best gas mileage on the road, so to speak, you know. There's others said that I would not drive a car like that. See, you're not going to get in unity about, as far as getting together, drawing together two or three or maybe a hundred the only unity you can have is unity of belief do you understand salvation by grace amen amen not only salvation by grace but security by grace i'm saved by grace i am kept saved by grace who are kept by the power of God, my friend, I cannot keep myself saved. We think about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. These are the things that unify us. Gather together in my name. All right, now that's our authority. 
gather together in my name. Jesus said, what is it, John chapter 14? He said, if you ask anything in my name. First Corinthians chapter 5, gathered together in my name. I've got a signed legal document that says I can gather because of that name. What right do you have to be together? What right do you have to have that church? The name of Jesus gives me the right, the authority upon his merit, upon his mediatorial position, you know. If I'm to have, uh, if I'm to take and visit in my country, we think about uh, a government headquarters, we think about the White House. Before I can go in areas of the White House, I have to have permission and an invitation by the big man himself. So what about us? What is our authority? If we gather together in his name, what is the promise here? It says, there am I in the midst thereof. There am I. That's his presence. Then he's omnipresent. There's nothing more satisfying and exciting as being in the very presence of God, you know. I feel so sad about people in the world who go to worldly things to try to get some sensation. Oh, to be in the presence of dignity. Oh, it just gives goose pimples all over your body. To be in the presence of God, though. Oh, how wonderful that is. And he said he'll be in the midst of them. That is the divine center. God, the very center of your life, you know. In the captain's chair so to speak. We have a wonderful promise here. Two or three, gather together in my name, there am I in the midst of them, to have God to meet with us. How wonderful, how wonderful that is in the very presence of God. Now, until next week, this is Fisher Munn saying goodbye.